Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at All right. Every human being on the planet has a purpose. Everyone in this room has a specific purpose, unless you're a 49er fan. Let's pause for a moment of silence. If you're a Cowboy fan, we're not a Cowboy fans, okay. Yet, the, yet, here's the thing. There are many people in this room here today that you're just, when it comes to purpose talk, it's like vague to you. Like you're just, it's kind of a nebulous way of trying to understand what God is doing in your life. You've struggled with purpose. Today I want to talk about purpose. But here's the thing. When you look at the entire biblical story from Genesis to Revelation, from Adam to Paul, from the Garden of Eden to the Garden City in Revelation uh, 22, it shows how the deep purposes of God are woven into the fabric of all human life. So Jesus lived Gospel of Mark tells us, with a decisive sense of purpose. Esther, we're told, Mordecai comes to Esther. She's the queen at this time, and he gives her advice. And this is what he says. Perhaps you were born for such a time as this. Think, reflect on that question vis-a-vis your own life. David, it said in, in Acts, having done the will of God, he died and went to his father's. Psalm 33 tells us the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart. Everyone say the plans of his heart. Does God have plans? Was Drake right? Sort of. Okay. So we're like confused. If you're over 40, don't worry about it. If you're over 40, if you're under 40, can I get an amen? All right. Yes. God has plans. Not only for generations. God has plans for nations. Yes. But also, God has specific plans for you and I. So because, please listen to me here today. Because you are purposed today by God. It does matter if you lived or not. We talked about it last week. Life is a miracle. And because we work from that biblical presupposition that life radiates with significance. Your life right now really matters. So it does matter if you fulfill your purpose or not. You are here. Please hear me here today. You are here. You are in this place. You are in this city. You are in your neighborhood. You are in this time. Some of you live in CUNA, and we will pray for you. Some of you are from California. You moved to Idaho, God's country, and you're welcome, all right? But... (laughs) Some of, you, some of you, you teach kids at school. Some of you, man, you run your businesses. Some of you work in politics. Some of you are landscapers. Some of you are farmers. Some of you are doctors. Some of you just, you, you do what you do and you understand your gifts. I just want you to know today you have a mission. See, here's the problem living within our, within our Western context. We, we, we just kind of work from the assumption that we are random bundles of particles moving through time and space in an undirected fashion. But I want to say to you that you and I 
have purpose. But, and, and this is, and please hear me, this is important because without a sense of purpose, we will become frustrated in life. Without a sense of purpose, we'll become restless. Some of you, you, you are frustrated with the chronic mismanagement of your life and you are restless and you can't, you can't understand why you have this ache in your heart and you'll go to church and you maybe read your Bible every now and then. I, I, it, it might be the case that you, there's a negligence of understanding your purpose and you are living an unfulfilled life. I want to say this really quick. You are designed by God to live a purposeful way. But without a sense of purpose, uh, we, we become fatigued. We lose our capacity to push through the hard times. When we go through the valley of the shadow of death, it gets difficult. I've had times in my life when I've lost a sense of purpose only for one day. Kidding, right? And it's been hard to push through that. It's like, why do I just feel so just blah? Has everyone ever felt that before? Many times it could be the case that you, you've lost a firm grasp of the purpose that God has for you. I, I want to insist, whether you realize it or not today, you are fulfilling some mission. You are being controlled by some purpose. It could be a good purpose from God. And please hear me, it can also be a dark purpose. I want to challenge you here today. Please hear me. Do you know, and I want you to ask yourself this question, do you know what that purpose is today? Have you come to the conviction that God has a purpose for your life? And are you fulfilling it? Are you fulfilling the purpose that God has for you? Do you believe that your ultimate happiness is found in loving God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself? In our Western context, we are haunted by a purposeless existence. I want you to imagine uh, anyone in here like board games. No, okay, wow, wrong crowd. What is wrong with you guys? Right? No. I love board games, and I often play board games when I can after raising my 7,000 children that day with my wife. Usually my wife cheats. She's a cheater. She needs to repent. Whatever, right? cheater. Um, but when it comes to board games, I want you to imagine someone invites you over to their house and they're the host and you're playing Monopoly and they say, hey, forget about all the rules about Monopoly. You can do whatever you want. The game's on. You can make a sandwich. When it's your turn, you can, you can buy up anything you want. There's no rules. Just do you, right? After a couple successive turns, you do you, and that host does him or her, and then another person does him or her, and whatever they wish when it comes to the game of Monopoly, there is only confusion and chaos. Why is there only confusion and chaos and frustration? Well, there's no purpose. You see, this is how the world, they'll say it this way, this is the way in which the world works from. It works from a purposeless assumption. And life is like a game of monopoly. This is why we're confused about our bodies. This is why we're confused about our gender. This is why we're confused about the future. This is why we're confused about the past. This is why we're confused about God and metaphysics and why we're confused with following God in, in a very complex society. It is because we've lost the sense of purpose. But that's not what I wanted to talk about today. Sort of. Of course, I'm talking about that. That's my long introduction to get you to this point. Here is the thing. If you don't live within the purpose that God has for you, you will automatically default to a shadow mission or a counter purpose. What's a, what's a, 
What's a shadow mission? What's a shadow purpose? A shadow mission is everything that we live for that lies outside of God. A shadow mission is the idea that we can have success, fame, power, money, sex, hiking, naturing, making coffee, all the things that we love to do, watch the football game. Those are all can, can be good things. But we assume that we can have happiness in those things without the most important relationship in our life, God. In fact, I, Augustine said this in the fourth century. He said, our hearts are restless until we find rest in God. I just want to make the case that your purpose is intrinsically connected to your relationship with God. That's in God that we find our happiness. It's in his presence that we find happiness. It's, and some of you, you don't like this word, but it's when we obey God that we discover our purpose and life and life more abundantly. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect here today. It doesn't mean that God's not gracious when we fail and, 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 and not live up to the, uh, the purposes and the plans that God has for us. It, however, means that ultimately our sense of meaning and purpose and direction in life is rooted in God. Can I get an amen? This, I'm going to do, that's really good preaching, Chris. So this is where we come to Matthew chapter 4. So please hear me. And I got to get through this really quick. Jesus goes to a place in the wilderness to pray. We've talked about this many times before. But Jesus is not going there to simply be tested. He's going there for training. So he takes 40 days where, wherein he's training in a place of prayer, preparing himself for this great cosmic conflict with what the Bible calls Hasatan. Hasatan, or the Satan, comes to Jesus in his moment of vulnerability after 40 days and tempts him in three ways. Many of you know the temptations. I'm not going to get in those uh, temptations, but they represent all temptations. And so Satan comes to Jesus and tempts him with a shadow messianic purpose and mission. Jesus is tempted by Satan to, to cut corners. Jesus is tempted to serve himself. Jesus is tempted to take shortcuts. Jesus, is, in essence, is tempted just to simply survive. Jesus is tempted to do whatever he wants in his own time. Jesus is tempted with autonomy. Jesus is tempted to be spectacular. Jesus is tempted to be successful. Jesus is tempted to take on his own messianic portrait and do what he wants, independent from the will of his Father. That is a shadow of mission. That is a dark purpose. And yet, thankfully, Jesus refuses. Can I get an amen? He wins the victory over Satan. And he launches the kingdom of God in breathtaking ways, as I whisper, breathtaking. God is at work. The purposes of God are unleashed as Jesus refuses you know what, I, I, I'm realizing more and more when it comes to our relationship with God and the purpose of God, it's not so much the yes that you say to God as much it is the no you say to the world. 
the more you say no to this, the more you'll begin to understand the depth and texture of temptation. But as you say no, there is grace that is made available to you. You are strengthened in your inner man and in your heart, and God gives you the capacity to overcome all things. It's through Jesus that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's through Jesus we say no to this, we say no to this death-defying act and habit, and as we say no to the things of the world, we are empowered by the Spirit of the living God. So these are three questions as we move on that, that I want you to think about today. Three questions that, that help us understanding and bring clarity to uh, the shadow purpose that we all have in our lives. Number one, I want you to ask yourself this question. Will I trust God even if he doesn't meet my needs when I want him to? We believe that God will meet our needs and provide for us in miraculous ways. But will we trust God when things don't go as we planned? Because to engage a shadow purpose is to choose to trust that God's timing is right when it comes to your provision. One. Two, question you can ask yourself. Will I wait for God's timing and not force him to act? Does God work in our lives in significant ways? Yes. In a moment, can God transform us and change us? Come on, church. Yeah. God is at work in our lives. But there is, there's a difference between faith and forcing God to conform to your preconceived timing. To enter into the shadow mission or the shadow purpose is to Attempt to force God to do what you think is best for you. Number three, another question. Will I refuse to compromise God's way to take an easier route? It's when we take shortcuts. It's when we believe the lie that we have to take matters into our own hand that leads us into the shadow mission. But Jesus doesn't compromise. And what we find in Luke's gospel, the beginning, is Jesus who was filled with the Spirit, and then he goes into the wilderness, and then he engages Satan, and you have this cosmic conflict, and Jesus wins the victory over Satan. But I love Luke's narrative after Jesus comes out of the wilderness and says, no, and no, and no, it is written, it is written, it is written, Jesus is the faithful high priest. Jesus is the faithful human. Jesus is the faithful Israelite. Jesus does what we can never do on our behalf. And he comes out of the wilderness, and Luke tells us not only is he filled with the Spirit, but he comes back in the power of the Spirit, and he heals the sick, and he proclaims the gospel of the kingdom, and he begins the transforming work of the kingdom of God. So here's the thing. When we live in the purposes of God, that is where we discover his power and his authority. You see, one pastor, I just I, uh, listened to this earlier, but one pastor was talking to a group of other pastors, and it was an awkward moment, and it was a, it was a time of vulnerability and uh, com confession. And this pastor got up in front of these other pastors and uh, he confessed his shadow mission. And he said, guys, this is my shadow mission. It's to watch TV while the world goes to hell. And the pastor started laughing. Oh, that's, that's a nice joke. That's, you know, whatever. They, and they were a little bit confused. And he stopped them. He said, please stop laughing. This is a moment of confession. 
I want to watch TV. I want to do what I want. I want to watch the world go to hell. What's your shadow mission today? Is it that? Some of you, I'm going to be really honest, you're, you're, you're way too angry. Some of you have deep resentment in your heart and you want the world to go to hell. Others of you, it might be you, you want to be liked, you want to be noticed, you want to look good, you want to be the best, you want to be successful, you want to be famous, you want to have power, you want to do you. Some of you in here, even today, you are in wrong relationships, and I say this with all grace. We're not talking to married people, okay? Don't look at your spouse. The devil is a liar. Oh, my God, people. But outside the marriage context, I, there are some of us that are in a wrong relationship because you've compromised with your shadow. You want to be seen. You want to be loved. You want to be noticed. And that person who is not right for you gives you what you want. And rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to give you exactly what you want, you have chosen a false substitute. I knew I was going to get any good amens on it, but let's just move on. Right. Others in the, it, are, are in the wrong line of work. I know pastors that should be CEOs and CEOs that should be pastors. I know pastors that are unfulfilled. I'm like, you just go in the business world and you just thrive. And then I know some business people that are just killing it, right? Make it just huge profits. And they are just unfulfilled. I'm like, hey, man, you, you need to be in the ministry. God's called you to, to preach, right? We, we become frustrated. We become confused when we compromise to that shadow mission, this isn't a long message because I don't have a lot of time. So I want to I ask the question, where do we start when it comes to understanding our purpose? And how do we identify the ways in which we compromise with our shadow? There's so many things that we could talk about here today. I'm just going to talk about 18 things. Just want to make sure you're awake. Two things. I'm going to talk about prayer really quick. And I'm going to talk about time. I'm going to talk about prayer. I'm going to talk about time. On prayer, number one, I think it's not the time today in this moment with everything that's going around globally, everything that's happening in our political world and political landscape, everything that's happening in our lives. There's so much distraction. We have social media. We got TikTok. There's just life is, is one big, busy, distracting thing. It's not the time. And I'm just saying this in a very loving way as your pastor to not pray. Maybe five years ago before the pandemic, you could have got away with it. Probably not. Maybe 10 years ago, you could have got away without really praying and kind of living off someone else's prayer or living off someone else's message. Or maybe that homily on Sunday was just right for you 10 years ago. But it is not the time for you to not pray on a daily basis. <laughs> Guys, there is too much at stake right now. There's too many people in CUNA, in Idaho City, at Centennial High School, in your neighborhood that needs Jesus, who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. There are too many needs. There are too many people that need healing. There's so much brokenness and wreckage in our culture and in our city to not pray. And I think what's happening in Israel is, is a wake-up call for the church. This last week, I just, I, 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 I'll be really honest with you, I was sick, I lost my voice, I had so much on my plate, 
and I was kind of watching some of the news and what was happening in Israel. And to be honest, I was like, okay, I, I gave a quick little prayer. And I kind of went back to what, what I had to do. And I just felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit. I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, Chris, how about you start praying for Israel? I'm like, okay, yes, you're right. So I began to pray. I started praying for Israel. I started praying for the protection of human life. I started praying for our enemies, Hamas. At first, I, I prayed imprecatory prayers, which were good. Prayed those really well. And then I started praying, God, will you save some of these young men who know nothing but murder and violence? God, you would come to them right now who are holding hostages, and you would come to them in dreams. You would come to them and give them a message that would so shock them out of their deception. And I started praying that I felt the energy in the life of the Holy Spirit as I began to partner with heaven over young men that I've never met 18 hours away on a flight from me. And then I started praying imprecatory prayers. God, if they don't come to you, I ask that you would stop them. God, I pray that you would, you would save innocent life. And I kept on praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. This is what we must do in the hour in which we live. You see, here's the thing. Our need for prayer is enormous because it's in prayer that we're changed. It's in prayer that we're transformed. It's in prayer that we are filled with purpose. It's in prayer that we partner with the Holy Spirit. It's in prayer that the power of God is released throughout the world. C.S. Lewis said this, prayer is unlimited by space and time. Prayer is so powerful that God has to exercise discretionary power over it. In other words, God has designed prayer in such a way that when you speak words in the name of Jesus, it opens up the heart of the Father and he just longs to pour out his life and his blessing on you. Prayer is unlimited by space and time to such an extent that God has to exercise discretionary power over your prayers. Why is it that God has to ex exercise discretionary power over prayer? It is because if God did not do that, and because prayer is so powerful, are you hearing me? The world, the universe, the galaxy as we know it would implode because we pray bad prayers. Some of you prayed, get that guy, and I'm so glad God did not answer your prayer and get that guy. Some of you prayed in eighth grade, let me marry that girl. I'm so glad God did not answer that prayer, right? See, we, we have just underestimated the capacity and the significance of prayer in the life of the kingdom of God. It is unlimited by space and time. Guys, we are wretched flatlanders, meaning we have been so disenchanted by our secular moment. We're just like, oh, prayer is just some therapeutic thing that just kind of happens to me. Not recognizing that prayer is, is a tool that God has given to you and I, a way to enter into the holy of holies, interceding on behalf of other people. I love it. It's in the book of Revelation that the prayers of the saint come up to God and there's a half an hour of silence. There's a heaven. There's a panorama of just exotic things that are going on. Worship and praise is greater than a metallic con Metallica concert or whatever, right? God is doing incredible things, ruling from heaven. And as the prayers of the saints 
rise up. God himself stops all the choreography in heaven and waits for 30 minutes to listen. And then what does God do? He gathers up all the incense and he throws it on the earth as an answer to prayer. It is, it is not time to not pray. Prayer is a tool. Are you hearing me this morning? Because we live in a relational world, because God created human image bearers, you and I, and he wanted to partner with you and I in ruling over creation. We live in this relational dynamic with the Father. And he's given this incredible tool called prayer. And it is through prayer that we partner with the Holy Spirit to bring about the purposes of God in this world. Let me say this really quick. Some of, some of you don't believe me. So I'm going to come after you. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Break their legs. Ushers. No. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. I promise. No. Um, I... I, I remember, I, I remember this, this conversation that a preacher had, and I've been preaching for a long time, and there are times when I'm like, I had to ask myself after preaching, why is preaching so exhausting? Yes, I'm giving my life, and I'm giving my heart, and, and I, was, I overheard a conversation that, that one pastor had with another pastor, and he really perfected the art of preaching, and this one pastor asked this expert pastor, seasoned, mature guy, the same question. Why am I so exhausted when I preach? And he goes, you know why? It's not because you're just emotionally giving yourself to the people. The reason is there are principalities and powers that are looking in right now in your service. And they're doing everything they can to resist the word of God from being proclaimed in the hearts of the people. So you keep on going, you keep on pushing through by the power of the Holy Spirit through the word of God, which is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And here's the point. The point is there is so much in that spiritual dimension that we cannot see. If we could see what was going on, it would freak us out and we would pray all the time. So maybe that's a good thing, right? But it's not a time not to pray because it's in prayer that we not only partner with the Holy Spirit, it's in prayer that we find the purpose that God has for us. Let me say this really quick and I got to be done because it's, it's a little bit past time. Someone wrote this. If you don't pray, you will inevitably become either depressed or inflated. If you don't pray, if you think you can do this life on your own strength, Tackle the principalities and the powers? Raise 7,000 kids and 1,700 chickens? <laughs> On your own strength? Good luck. We're just living in a time when we have to understand that without prayer, we cannot fulfill the good purposes that God has for us. So prayer, being with God, being in his presence is where we discover the purposes of God. It's where we identify the shadow. God brings clarity to our heart. Finally, and I'm done, on time. We talked about prayer. I want to talk quickly about time, and then I'm going to pray for us. Are you guys still good? Still with me? Biblically speaking, I'm going to nerd out just for one minute. Biblically speaking, there's two concepts of time. One is chronos, and the other is kairos. Chronos is just a sequence of moments. It's just 
general, non-specific seasons. So chronos is like fall, winter, spring, summer. That's chronos in the Bible. We live in chronos time. We go from one moment to one moment to one moment. And then you have these moments that the Bible calls Kairos. My father used to speak of this all the time. Kairos is a moment of opportunity produced by the Holy Spirit. Kairos is a turning point that something that was not happening is now happening in a very specific way. In other words, there's an intensification of the power of God. There's an intensification of God's presence. Has God's presence always been with us? Yeah, but in a Kairos time, not a Kronos, but in a Kairos time, God is specifically doing something that he was not specifically doing outside of Kairos. I just want to say as your pastor, with that in mind, it is a time right now because it's a Kairos time for us as a community and for us as a church. It is a Kairos time where God is pouring out his spirit in fresh ways. God is healing the sick. God is transforming lives in ways I have not seen in a long time. And guys, we are just at the beginning. We are just at the beginning of this Kairos moment where God is doing something fresh. Sunday night, I was praying for those who were having mental health problems. And I, have to, I, I told everybody, guys, I don't think I have experienced the power of God like this in 25 years. We were praying for those in mind, depressed and anxious. And I physically could feel, some of you might be freaked out by this, but just, hey, just stay here. The power of God, it felt like it was just flowing physically through me, out my hand, onto several people that I was praying for. There was a release of power. What is that? It's a Kairos time. I don't want you to miss it. God is working in this church. Don't miss it. It's a time then, if it's a Kairos time, to be intentional about the direction of our lives. If we're not, as I close here, if we're not intentional with the way in which we live, if we do not in prayer open our hearts to the kingdom of God and, and getting a, a renewed sense of our purpose, and maybe identifying the ways in which we engage or compromise with shadow things, then life will simply happen to us and then if we just allow life to simply happen to us, we will go where we did not want to go. Guys, my greatest fear as a pastor over this community, and it's not going to be a fear that is fulfilled, but I want you to know what my fear is. It's a healthy fear. It's that 18, 20 years from now, we look back on this time and we tell ourselves, how did we get to this point? We were supposed to go that way, and we're over here. God had his purposes, and we were on the right track, and then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. Now we went in the opposite direction. What I want said of this beautiful church, Capital Church, when it's all said and done, if it's 500 years from now or whatever, right? When it's all said and done, I want the Father to say, well done, good and faithful servants. So do you know your purpose? 
are you living within a, not just a vague sense of purpose, but with a very specific understanding that God, is, God has called you for such a time as this? As, as I've been speaking, have you identified maybe ways in which you've compromised with the shadow mission? Are there some dark purposes at work in you that you need to bring to the Holy Spirit this morning? As we bring those dark purposes to the Holy Spirit, as we open up our hearts to the availability and the significance of his purpose for our lives, that is when we will walk in power, grace, peace, life, and fulfillment. And everyone said, bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, I thank you for your word today. Lord, we want to be people of purpose. I sense this in such a unique way this morning that you are calling us out of complacency, indifference, maybe some of us hopelessness. Maybe some of us have been living from just a vague sense of mission in, in today, Holy Spirit, you want to clarify what you've called us to in this season of time. I pray that Holy Spirit, you, you communicate to everyone in, in such unique ways, and I love that. But if some of us just need to be shocked, come and shock us. If some of us need to be spoken to in a gentle way, come and speak to us in a gentle way. Father, you know exactly what we need today. And I just ask Holy Spirit that you would empower your people into wisdom, into clarity, that we would embrace this hour and this time, and that we would know deep down in our bones what you've called us to in the mighty name of Jesus. As your eyes are closed, your heads are bowed, you would say, Chris, I need the Holy Spirit to speak to me about purpose. I need the Holy Spirit to even set me free from some shadow stuff. Could you pray for me this morning? If that's you, could you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand if that's you, all over the place. All over the place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your hands that are raised. You can put them down. About a, a little under a half of us here today know that, God, you have something more for us. But our desire is to to live from a deeper sense of purpose. If you raise your hand, take your hand and put it in your heart right now. Father, I just release now your spirit. Thank you, Father. You would take this word and you would imprint it on our hearts. We just say yes to purpose. Lord, I thank you that your word does not return void, but accomplishes what it's sent to do. Just accomplish the work of your purpose in us today, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you it's in a place of prayer that you come in love, grace, and you show us the ways in which we've compromised with the shadow stuff, ways in which we've placed our happiness and other things outside of you. And so we yield that to you, we repent, we come to you in a moment of humility and we thank you, Father, for cleansing our hearts, in our minds. And Lord, I thank you today is not just a one-off event, not just a one-off time where we come and we just give you those dark purposes. Father, I thank you. We're moving into a season where you're going to dig deep in our hearts and you're going to bring healing and forgiveness and life and blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone who loves the Holy Spirit, give me a big amen. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.